1: Please welcome at this time your hosts, Graham GSM Matthews and RJ Marceau. You're listening to the next era of wrestling radio. This is Wrestle Rant Radio.
0: Back in WrestleRant Radio for the final episode of 2023, December 27th, 2023, The 11th Annual WWE AEW Year in Review Awards. Here today, the most anticipated episode, at least for me, breaking this down to Mr. Marceau. Mr. Marceau, brother, how you doing? How was your your Christmas? I'm doing good. I'm a little afraid for today's results, but uh, besides that, my holidays were good. How about you? (laughs) They were excellent. I'm I'm looking forward to this and, and breaking these down for you here today. Uh, I, I did mention this as we were talking before I hit record. I assume you haven't seen it yet. I know you saw Wonka. Do you plan on seeing the Iron Claw at any point? I just saw it yesterday.
1: Um, I think at some point I will. I mean, maybe if it goes to like a streaming service. I probably won't go to the movies and see it, but I mean, if it pops up on a streaming service, I definitely will see it.
0: I feel like your dad would like it.
1: Yeah, maybe, eh, probably, honestly, knowing him, he's a mark.
0: I know you would like it just because there's a lot of territory talk, and I know you enjoy Oof. that shit. Might get a little, uh, listen, if you if you got a little teary-eyed at the end of walk and I don't know what you're talking about because I haven't seen it yet, so obviously no spoilers. I think you would get teary-eyed at the end of, uh, I mean, if you've seen, <laughs> you know wrestling history, you know what happens, no spoilers. You know the spoiler there, but you know, it gets, it gets a little emotional there at the end. That was a great movie, so I strongly recommend that. I was not at the MSG show yesterday. I did, I did make that clear. I will be at World's End on Saturday, and that's what we're going to kick off with first. Uh, World's End predictions very quickly before we get into these results. Got to keep you waiting here. And I'm sure more matches will be added to the card tonight on Dynamite. We're recording on Wednesday. Um, This will be going up on Thursday, of course. I said December 27th a couple minutes ago. I don't know why. It's the 28th as this goes up. I don't even know my... I can't get my date straight as we close out the year. But if you want to send in a question to the show, this isn't hashtag AskGSM, so I don't know why I just said that. And I'm (laughs) going (laughs) to... And I'm going to cut... God, I'm a fucking mess. I'm going to cut that part out. If you want to check well, out I gotta new episodes, <laughs> no, I can't keep that. Okay, I'll keep it in. Fuck it. Whatever. I'll keep we're live, pal. We're, we're live. live. We
1: have no filter in this podcast.
0: Whatever. We have no, uh, no filter in this podcast. It's the it's the last of the year. I'll fucking keep it in because you said so. If you wanna if you wanna check out new up I almost did it again. If you wanna check out new episodes of the show, every single Thursday here on WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantradio.com, iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, Podbean. Amazon Music and Pandora, rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show, never miss a new episode every single Thursday. So let's get right into it so we can get to these results from the polls so I can hear your unfiltered thoughts on who won and who didn't. Uh, But for World's End on Saturday, we don't know who's advancing to the finals of the Continental Classic. Tonight on Dynamite, we got Brian Danielson and Eddie Kingston in the finals for the Blue League. The Gold League tonight, as I predicted, came true John Moxley, Swerve Strickland, and Jay White. So, my prediction is that it's going to end up being Jay White and Eddie Kingston, and Jay White wins. I think that it's going to be like the consolation prize for Jay White um, after not winning the World Championship last month. I could see Eddie Kingston winning, but what's really accomplished there if he's already the champion? So, I think it's going to be Jay White. Who, who do you think advances, and who do you think wins the whole thing?
1: I think it's going to be White and Kingston. And like I said, I feel like at this point, it would be kind of dumb for Kingston to come back and win and if if we're White loses here, then I really don't know what you do with them. Yeah. I guess it's a consolation prize. I don't, I don't know if it's the greatest consolation prize, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like Eddie winning it, it would kind of be just like, what was the whole point of the tournament at the end? I mean, I feel like, yeah, I'm going to go with white and Kingston as the final white wins. I will say, I do think it's kind of dumb that both leagues came down to like a tie and they had to do another match. Like, I don't know. I feel like at least one of them should have been an outright winner. Like, the fact they have a three-way, and then we have this one, I don't know. I wish it was just, like, someone had already won leading into this.
0: No, I think... So, I think with the Gold League, I think that was... I think this was always the plan, was to have the two top leaders of... I Maybe, maybe. How many
1: points does Kingston and Brian have?
0: I think they're not even. I think Brian Danielson has more. I think Kingston... I think Kingston lost two matches. Danielson lost one. So, I think he had... I think Danielson has 12, and I think Kingston has nine if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah, because I was saying, doesn't Andrade have nine, but then he lost to Kingston, so... I'm sorry.
0: It, yeah, Danielson didn't lose twice, but he did have a draw, so it's like 10-9, so they're actually not even. Um, the other one is even. They're all, they all have nine, so that is definitely... Uh, I'll
1: tra- retract my uh, stupidness.
0: <laughs> but you got Jay White winning the whole thing, you think?
1: Yeah, I think White wins. Like I said, it's like a consolation for not winning. Like I said, I'm not sure exactly how much of a consolation. What's a Ring of Honor title strong title and what else
0: uh the continental classic championship itself is what they're calling it i guess oh
1: uh, okay yeah i mean like i said it's i mean i guess i don't know. i just feel like from where he was there where he is now it just fell so far i mean we'll see what happens with mgf and joe i feel like if mgf retains again i just feel like it just sucks even more for white but we'll see here but no i have white winning
0: okay uh, Julia Hart defending the TBS Championship against Abaddon. You know, Thunder Rosa just came back. Great to see her back. I feel like she's next in line for a title opportunity. Abaddon, under no circumstances, should have anyway, but I think it's pretty clear she's not winning based on the fact Rosa is back and probably next in line. So I think it's pretty safe to say Julia Hart winning here, retaining the title.
1: Yeah, I'd say well, uh, Julia wins here. Um, she just won the belt at uh, full gear. Yeah. so I wouldn't take the belt off her so early. And like I said, with Thunder Rosa returning, I think... That's the next, like, plausible challenger for
0: her. Yeah, I mean, I think she could be the one to take the championship. It's weird because you could do Julia Hart and Thunder Rosa. The Thunder Rosa, she didn't pin Julia Hart on Collision last week. She pinned Sky Blue, so you don't have to have her go after Julia Hart, but the last title she held that she never lost was the other title, literally against the woman that ended up taking the championship, Tony Storm. Tony Storm has held the title three times since Thunder Rosa got her. Um, I don't know why you wouldn't just do that program. And maybe they will, I don't know. But Thunder Rosa should get a championship opportunity on the Sooner side. So let's talk about that real quick. Timeless Tony Storm, your favorite, I know. Defending the AEW Women's World Championship against Riho, another favorite of yours, I'm sure. Um, I know this will be a good match. Tony Storm is, uh, I know you're not a big fan of the character thing. I am, I'm loving it. But regardless, I think it's safe to say Tony Storm retains here. She also just became champion at full gear. This seems like an easy win for her.
1: Yeah, I mean, Tony wins here. Um, I guess it's just our normal year that we dust off Riho and give her a title shot, but yes. I, don't this, I don't think she's winning here, nor should she. So, um, Like I said, I think it'll be a good match. I feel like I can say that with plenty of things, but uh, putting Riho in there, I just, I don't know. Like I said, I feel like her and Sheeta, kind of get washed off, get them a title reign or a title offense, and then we move on. So, yeah, Tony wins here, and... Riho will go back
0: to doing nothing. Yeah, we probably won't see her on the show again for another six months. And I'm not the biggest Riho guy, but I will say this, because I saw I had someone someone had tweeted last week, like, I don't understand the appeal of Riho, because I guess she was the one who beat Soraya to become number one contender. Like, acting as if Soraya is this hot commodity right now, <laughs> that should be beating Rio. like, no one... People care even less about Soraya right now. It just is what it is. I mean, listen, Riho has her fans. People go nuts for her on these shows. The AW audience loves Rio. I'm not saying I hate her, but, you know, because she is very good, but she's not my favorite personally. I'm just saying she is over with this audience, so I can see why they bring her back and use her, but that does not mean she should be taking the title from Tony here. Um, Hook versus Wheeler, Yuta, in an FTW rules match, which is basically no DQ. They did it all in with uh, Hook and Jack Perry. Uh, These two for the FTW Championship. Who gives a fuck about the FTW Championship? I understand that. Um, Wheeler, Yuta is already the Ring of Honor pure champion. He could be a dual champion. Anything's possible. Um, Who do you see going over here?
1: Ooh, geez, FTW championship. Not like it really matters. I'd keep it <laughs> on Hook. I mean, I feel like they've been spinning their wheels on Hook for a while now, but uh, I'd keep it on him. Like I said, if Wheeler's already the pure champion, I would just keep the, the FTW belt on Hook. I mean, not that it really matters, but that's what I would
0: do. Yeah, I think Hook's got to start beating some notable people. I know he'd be Perry to win the belt back four months ago, but that was four months ago. I'm glad they're giving him more competition, and he is from New York, so I'm sure the crowd will be behind him, but. I do think this is a win for uh, for Hook. I like Yuta, but he already has the pure title. Again, for whatever that means either. Um, he doesn't need this championship, so I think Hook wins in New York. Uh, for the tag team titles, the match is obviously up in the air because Kenny Omega has diverticulitis. He announced that last week. We talked about it already. He announced that two weeks ago, actually. Um, they are still doing the match, apparently. Jericho and a partner versus Big Bill and Ricky Starks, as I figured they would, for the AW World Tag Team titles. Yeah, I think I said this last week. If they're gonna still do the match, I fucking hope it's not Paul White. I mean, I didn't even bother bringing that up as a possibility because I don't think they would do that. I mean, anything's possible, but <laughs> I don't think I—I I genuinely.
1: Come on, you give Tony too much credit.
0: I—I probably do. I it's gonna be
1: Paul White if he has a. Tr- I guarantee uh, it's Paul White.
0: God, I hope it's not Paul White. I think more likely, my predict. I think Ricky and Big Bill retain. I think more likely, it's Kota Ibushi. Just because I know Jericho, it's not like him and Kota are close or anything, but they both have that Kenny connection, and they've teamed already previously. So I think it's going to be Kota Ibushi, but I do think they lose. So who do you think the partner is, and who do you think wins?
1: I'm going to go with Paul White. It could be <laughs> I Ibushi, hate you. I don't know, I just wanted to be Paul White so I can get a good laugh. <laughs> um, but I would say Big Bill and Stark Retains.
0: I'm going to be at the show, so do you want me to leave early just to be the traffic? Like, I'm... I mean, I
1: know you're the biggest Big Show fan, so I want, him <laughs> to, I want you to see him one more time um before he retires so that's honestly that's why i said big show um uh, I, I like i said i I'm, i've been with you for almost 10 years now doing the show i just know that big show paul <laughs> white is pretty much like your number two like it's william regal then it's the big show so i just want you to be able to see him one more time
0: hey listen I i'm can't...
1: just honestly i'm being thoughtful like you're that's welcome true
0: that that that's that's my christmas gift is more big show i need no, i need more bs not no more bs i need more bs on my show i can't argue with that logic um, last two matches here again they're, they're obviously going to add more I wish it was a seven match card but they're going to add another seven tonight night and on collision so or not there is no collision probably on Rampage on Friday um, AEW TNT Championship no disqualification match rematch from a few weeks ago I'm, I'm honestly kind of surprised they're doing it on this show they just did Adam Copeland and Christian Cage a few weeks ago on Dynamite I thought they would save this for Revolution but maybe they don't want to wait that long or I mean the card kind of needs this match the rest of the card does not look great as of right now so I guess it kind of needs it um, I think Adam Copeland becomes champion. Christian already beat him once. You can have Christian win again. The Shayna Wayne stuff is terrible. I'm sorry. I just think that whole adding her to the act shit is stupid. I think Christian is doing some of the best work of his career. He does not need Nick Wayne in there. Nick Wayne's whatever. Shayna Wayne's even worse. Um, that shit's terrible. Keep them out of there. I don't know what's stopping them from interfering in a no-DQ match. That's so dumb. Unless Edge has backup. Um, Adam Copeland, sorry. I didn't think Adam Copeland becomes champion here. So what's your prediction?
1: Yeah, I think I think Edge retains or Edge wins the belt here. Um, like you said, the whole Shane Wayne, the whole Nick Wayne, whole that whole stuff to me, I just it's terrible. Um, I like I like Christian. Um, just hopefully, he can get away from this stuff, but. Uh, I think edge retain or Edgerton's about.
0: I think they just take a good thing a lot of the time. WWE does this as well, but AEW specifically. They take a great thing and they water it down with like a million, like, all right, we need to have like five people in the group. No, you fucking don't. Like, it can just be two people. It can be one. Like, Christian and Luchasaurus, Kill Switch, whatever, was enough. You got to add in Nick Wayne and then Shana Wayne. And it's got to be a whole ass group. No, it doesn't. It can just be one person. I don't understand that. Um, anyway, I think Adam Copeland becomes champion as well. And then the main event for the AW World Championship, MJF defending against Samoa Joe, the rematch from Grand Slam. I'm going to save the most unpredictable match for last year, Mr. Marceau. I'm going to save the most unpredictable match for you. Who do you think goes over here?
1: <sighs> of course you make me a pack. Um, <laughs> I feel like I think... I. Um, this is so tough. I just feel like... So, Joe had multiple title shots when Punk was champion. He didn't win. I just don't know why now you'd put him on, the belt, him on the belt now. It's not like he's really changed too much. MGF is injured, so it makes sense if he did lose. But like I said, I just also don't know why. If you're going to... Samoa Joe is going to be the champion anyways. I don't know why you just have him lose to Punk twice and then... <sighs> I feel like there's so many things weighing. I I'm going to say Joe wins, but like I said, that kind of goes back to my thought. I don't know why he just
0: didn't win in the first place. I, I don't like saying this, and I love MJF. I think MJF's going to win. I do. And I said Joe a couple of weeks ago, because my, you're saying, like, if Joe is always going to win, why not put the belt on him initially? I agree with that, but you can also flip that and say, why do the rematch if, they, if they're not going to put it on him again? Like, they could have put anyone else in this spot. Wardlow isn't a world title contender, I guess, but... You could have heated him up and do and done MJF and Wardlow on the show. Or, I mean, Swerve may have been rushing it. He's ready, but that might have been rushing it. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm ready for MJF to drop the title. I know he's legitimately hurt. I don't know what that match tonight's going to look like if they actually do it. That tag team match or the Ring of Honor tag team titles, this is coming out afterwards, so whatever. I don't know. I would take the belt off of him. If he's going to lose it, if he's going to lose it, losing it to Swerve is great. I just kind of feel bad for Joe, and I just want to see Joe as champion because he's great. He's never gotten a mean title run in any of these major companies, WWE or AEW. TNA and Ring of Honor, sure, but like I'm talking about in like a bigger company. I really want him to win. I don't think he's going to win. I think MGF retains, and then we get the grand reveal of the Devil and the Masked Men. I think it's pretty safe to say that the henchmen, and not the 20 that popped up on Dynamite last week, but the henchmen are Wardlow. In the Kingdom and Roderick Strong. Um, I think the Kingdom win the tag titles tonight as the Masked Men. I think that's, to me, pretty obvious. But the ultimate leader is the question. I've asked you every week for weeks now, Mr. Marceau. I know you don't care. I don't really give a shit either. I'm just going to say that it's... I don't know. I, I, I'm going to say Jack Perry. I'm going to say Jack Perry, and I hope it's not. And I like Jack Perry. I just think that would be a big... That would go over like a fart in church, I feel like. Dolph is just too fucking random. I don't really care to see that personally. Um, and Adam Cole would be cool, but I feel like he's too hurt for that to happen. So what's your prediction there? Final prediction.
1: Uh, realistically, like you said, you kind of hit the nail. I literally could give two shits. Of sort of it is. I, honestly, I feel like the more I think about it, the more I've kind of like logically, I mean, I think this would be all. I feel like MJF could be it, and I feel like it would be so dumb. That
0: would be very dumb, yeah.
1: Because, like, Joe said, like, technically the only time MJF's been attacked is, like, literally no one else star. Like, he was, like, laid out in the back. It'd be, like, the Bully Ray fucking logic. Um,
0: yes, exactly.
1: I just...
0: And then, but my, my thing is there, I feel like there's a pretty strong possibility that happens, like you said. The only thing I fucking hate about that is that at that point, what is gained from having him be the devil again? Like, we've already seen this with him again. He's already the world champion. What is he gained from having a faction? It's so stupid.
1: Yeah, nothing. I mean, I. I think MGF is, like, a is a wild card to be, just be him. Yeah. Um, like, I can see not. them interfering in the match and, like, that helping him win. And then it was, like, Adam Cole the whole time, but, like, actually helped MGF. I don't know. It could be someone, like, like I said, I feel like whatever it is, it will help him win this match. Even though I picked Joe. Um, if that's the direction they go in. But, like, I said, I don't know. Like, Jack, like I just feel like anyone it is, like you said, even if it's Adam Cole, I just still don't think I would really care Nick Nemeth, no. Perry, like, not really. Like, I don't know. I just feel like the payoff is so bad that I just don't care. I'll say MJF, but I think if I'm saying anyone but him, it'd be Jack Perry.
0: Yeah, it's probably who it's going to end up being. They planted the seeds with the um, glass thing a couple times. Like, anyone, I mean, I guess people that watch the show are going to understand that reference. Yeah, like, but I
1: guess that could also be like a red herring. Like, they could be doing that. Yeah, no, it think, could be. Make you think it's him.
0: I, I hope it's a red herring. I don't, you know. <laughs> I'm just saying, I don't know, of all, of all the options, I actually would rather, if you're asking me, like, it, it's really the lesser of two evils, I feel like the MJF thing would be the absolute worst thing they could possibly do. I just feel like they'd be so dumb, because we've seen him do, the firm sucked, the pinnacle didn't live up to its full potential, and then this shit would be stupid too. He
1: I was mean, in the firm? He,
0: uh, he was supposed to be, not in the firm, but like in charge of the firm. They helped him win the uh, contract last year at All Out, that was that whole thing, and he, he had the devil mask, that's where it came out at, at, to begin with. Yeah, totally yeah. and had people went over like a fart in church, and people forgot. And then he turned babyface, and then he went. He like stop, like just keep yeah, babyface. But whatever, MJF's rolling right now as a face. Just keep it that way. Don't fucking turn him anytime soon. The Adam Cole thing to me would be ideal because no one's ever Maybe he's not as hurt as we think. That'd be that'd be awesome. But um, that's really the only outcome personally I would be happy with. So that's out of the way, Mister Marcelo. We've been waiting for this for weeks. Polls went up. About three weeks ago on WrestleRant.com. Appreciate everyone for voting, as always. Like I said, 11th annual. And this thing has changed so much since I first started doing it. Ten years ago, I did the first one. Uh, this is the 11th annual, if you count that one, obviously. The less the wrestling landscape has changed so much that that first year, maybe not the second year, probably the second year, I'd have to go back and look, TNA was involved. That That's how far back this thing goes. Yeah. I had WWE and TNA. And then, I think in 2015, I added NXT. I took TNA out, and I replaced it with NXT. You
1: took NXT out this year. Big mistake,
0: yes, man. Yeah, well, okay, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. So, I had NXT last year. There weren't really a lot of candidates last year, I think. So, I just thought, I'll just do a clean break and not include it this year, even though there were a lot of great matches and good stars. I don't think, yeah, I was going to have, like, Ilya or Carmelo in wrestler of the year, but I think I took them out, too. I'd have to look. I'm pretty sure I took them out. Um, so I took NXT out, and now it's just WWE and AEW. It was WWE, AEW, and NXT for, like, the last three or four years, dating back to 2020. I took out NXT. So, uh, before we go further, we'll talk about the entire year in the hall at the end, but your thoughts on me taking out NXT? Do you think I should include NXT maybe next year?
1: Um, based off this year, I would say yes, I thought NXT finally kind of got, like, it's mojo back a little bit like i've watched NXT way more this year than i had since the rebrand mm-hmm. um like i liked how they incorporated some of the main roster stars but then that kind of helped elevate some of the faces that we see all over the show now who are ready for call up. so i think there's depending on the categories i feel like you could have probably sneaked a couple of men i don't remember all of them on the top of my head but like like you said wrestlely obviously Hayes or Ilya would never have won um, so I get that in that aspect, but depending on the category, I feel like you could have included some of them. Um, but no, I mean, I, guess I thought they had a solid year overall, so, uh, especially from since the rebrand.
0: Yeah, I'll be, I'll be more specific too, because obviously they're included in NXT's and in show of the year, obviously, but like for the other categories, I didn't put Hazer Ilya in the main wrestler of the year, but I did put Tiffany in women. So I guess I kind of did include NXT. I just didn't brand it as that. Like They're not in the show of the year. And NXT had a lot of great shows. When we went to Battleground, that ended up being a really good show. Um, No Mercy was probably their best show of the year. But I think the problem, again, I just kind of look at the year and see how the other companies are doing. If the other companies have just as good, if not better shows, like you said, No Mercy might have been amazing. No one's going to vote for it. So usually I just take it out. So that's what ended up happening this year. This was the first year in probably eight or nine years I didn't have a single NXT show as like the pay-per-view of the year. And I feel bad because they did have a lot of good shows this year. Um, but that's just kind of how it happens and how the uh, how the cards fell. Because WWE did so well and AEW also had a lot of good stuff. So we'll start from the beginning here. I did cut it down to ten categories. I think I mentioned this when I first put them up a few weeks ago. But I took out, like, most disappointing wrestler. Last year I had, like, best um, return.
1: Like those are the best ones to do.
0: I know. Maybe next year. The thing is, is that if I struggle to come up with candidates for these
1: things... Then yeah, I, ask me. I can give you plenty of candidates.
0: <laughs> I know you would. Maybe next year I'll bring that back. It, it depends on the year of like what's going on. Like this was the first year in almost ten years I didn't have a WWE Network show of the year because that
1: one's. I get that one. They haven't really had anything this year. I've no, they back, they, so they took they
0: stopped at all. No broken skull sessions. No twenty fours really. They did that one Cody doc and that was it. That would be the only nominees. So um, I, I I did dwindle it down to just ten maybe i add more next year i don't think i'll take any away these are like the core 10 so you know next year i'll kind of reassess and i'll i'll hit you up beforehand and i'll ask you about it but we will start with the 2023 show of the year just to kind of refresh your memory as far as what was i'll i'll run down the nominees for each one here but for show of the year it was raw dynamite smackdown collision nxt rampage and just to add cuz i do eight nominees for all of them so i had i had to add in nxt level up and ring of honor tv even though no one's going to really vote for that stuff but i had to include it so as I always ask, Mr. Marceau, what did you vote for and what did you want to win? Or, I'm sorry, what do you I, think will win?
1: I voted for, I believe, SmackDown and Dynamite's going to win.
0: Okay. All right. So, the show of the year winning, this was a, a bit more evenly distributed with 31.7% of the vote. So, it wasn't a landslide. The runner up had 26.8%. 31.7% with the show of the year, Mr. Marceau. Are you ready for this? Don't hang up the phone. NXT. I'm not kidding. NXT won show of the year. I'm not rigging this thing. NXT won with 31.7% of the vote. And I'm not disagreeing with that either. I'll talk about it in a second. And I, I mean, I have my own... You did not even include NXT in one show of the year. What
1: the <laughs> fuck's going on?
0: NXT won show of the year with 31.7% of the vote. Second place, 26.8% of the vote. Raw. Monday Night Raw. That's amazing. 12.2% of the vote. I'm sorry, 17.1% of the vote. SmackDown. So, not a lot of AEW fans voting on this one. Uh, Dynamite did win fourth with 12.2. 9.8 was Collision. 2.4 to Rampage. And nothing, no votes for a level up or Ring of Honor, which was expected. So NXT is the show of the year. I mean, so here... I don't vote in my own polls, obviously. I think I would have gone with SmackDown. You said you thought... You would have gone with SmackDown and thought Dynamite. I didn't think Dynamite would win just because AEW's been so hit or miss this year, but AEW fans are so loyal, you can't always bet on that being the case. Dynamite getting fourth surprised me. Raw getting as high as it did surprise me, because I've enjoyed Raw this year, but I don't know if a majority of the people have. Overall, we're talking here, because it's had its ups and downs. NXT, I think people voted for that, and here's what I'll give it to. It's a consistently solid show that has only improved, I mean, the last two weeks, who cares, but, you know, that whole period from like the summer up until recently where they were putting Becky on there, and maybe not necessarily Corbin, but they were really like improving the quality of the show to get that TV deal, and it worked, and they got that TV deal with the CW, so, NXT being the show of the year is uh, quite amazing, Mr. Marceau.
1: Yeah, I mean, like I said, I I, I, I mean, like I said, I think, I guess if you want to go with The Logic, it's the most consistent show, I I guess that's what you'd go with. Um, I mean, not too many memorable things have happened on it, but I said, I feel like realistically, each week, it's a consistently decent to good show each week. So like I said, if you go on consistency, um, like I said, I've definitely watched it more this year than I have in the past. Um, I think it's a solid show. Like I said, there's some good, there's some bad. Um... But, no, I, th- I think it's a solid show.
0: I would have gone with SmackDown as well, though. I think SmackDown had a really good year overall. I think Raw also, I mean, this is the best consistently. I mean, last year it was only half of the year because Triple H took over in July. I think this is probably the best overall year Raw has had, maybe not ratings-wise. I don't know, 10 years? I mean, is that a much of a stretch? That, I mean, that's not really saying much. We've had a lot of bad content, but 10, 12, 13 years? It's been a long time, dude, that Raw has been probably this consistently solid, if not good or great, and probably... Ten to fifteen years.
1: Yeah, definitely. I also think like their roster, specifically on the babyface side, like we talk about a lot. I feel like their babyfaces are so over that, like, even if they're not doing anything of great note, it's still like when you want to see them more because they have so many top over babyfaces that, like, you spread them out throughout the show, it kind of makes it more like viewable than it used to in the past. Like before, you used to have maybe one or two big stars. Everything else is kind of fodder in between or people that just weren't over. And now they have Cody, Seth, Jay, Sammy, Punk now. Um, there's probably someone else in there. Drew, The Judgment Day. Like They have so much that's going on right now that I feel like the show doesn't drag as much as they do. And like I said, they even named Becky and uh, I guess Rhea's technically part of Judgment Day. But like, I just feel like they have a lot more stars to so the show. Even though it's three hours, I've definitely watched... Raw more consistently this year, too, because I feel like they do have so many stars on the roster that it makes the three hours less, like, sufferable.
0: Definitely. I mean, the show isn't always a hitter. You know, it's not always a home run, but it's it's usually pretty, like you said, sufferable and solid and logical, especially in the last month or so. I've, I've really enjoyed Raw, actually. Dynamite's usually, to me, a pretty consistently good show, but I just think the overall, I don't want to say stench, but, like, aura around the company is so different from what it was even 12 months ago. I think that kind of hindered people's opinions of the show. Um, So I can understand that, I guess. And then... Collision, it's funny. I actually... You know she's not an AEW fan much at all. She's much more of a WWE mark. I asked Alexis what she voted for. She voted for Collision. Just because... I mean, Collision was... The thing is, if Collision was around longer and it was as consistently good as it was to me in like July and August, I would say that was the show of the year. But it was only the best show of the week for like two months until then Punk left... And then it just kind of became Rampage 2.0. It's been good lately with the Continental Classic, but it's not the best show of the week at all. So, The NXT one really surprised me. So if you thought 2023 was a shocking year, you might be surprised by some of these polls, but uh, you know, we'll get further here. In the 2023 pay-per-view of the year, Mr. Marceau, the nominees included, and we went to a few of these shows, Elimination Chamber in Montreal, WrestleMania 39, WWE Backlash, AW New Japan Forbidden Door, AW All In, AW All Out, AW Wrestle Dream, and WWE Survivor Series. I didn't include any NXT shows, like I said. I did four WWE for, um, for AW. So, which one did you want to win, Which slash vote for, and what do you think will win?
1: I voted for WrestleMania, I believe. Okay. Um... I'll go with WrestleMania, too. I mean, I feel like... I have, like, a gut feeling one of the AEW shows probably won. I don't know. I thought this year's WrestleMania was top to bottom, like, one of the best ones they've had in a long time. I just feel like both nights had... I mean, obviously... I feel like the match obviously gets overshadowed because of the finish. But, like, even Cody, like the main event on the second night, even though, yes, Cody didn't win. But, like, the match itself was still good. I feel like it just kind of gets lost because the finish was so shitty. Um, But the night itself, like, I'm pretty sure Ray and Dominic was that night. Um... I can't think of the top of my head what else is that night, but I still think the second night was good. The first night I thought was like, if you put the first night on alone, was a really good show. I Ending mean, with Usos and and Zayn and Owens. Um, pretty sure Rock, Theory and Cena was that night, but people didn't really overly really love that. Um, but no, I, I'm going to WrestleMania. I wouldn't be shocked if like all the one in London, all in. Mm-hmm. That's all in, right? Yeah, yep. I wouldn't be shocked at that one. Um, I didn't really think that was a great show. Obviously, broke all the records, whatever. Um, but I'm 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 gonna go with WrestleMania.
0: Yeah, I didn't put now thinking about it. I should have put Money in the Bank on here. Money in the Bank, I think, was a better show than Survivor Series. But I had to put Survivor Series on there because Black Punk came back and Orton came back, and it's kind of a recency bias for some people. Um, but that was a great show too. Um, Mania, though it's funny that you, I mean I guess we'll talk about it after I reveal the results. We'll talk about some of these shows. So the results were 42.5 percent of the vote, majority of the vote. WrestleMania 39. So you were right on the on the money with that one. Second place with 15 percent of the votes, a pretty wide margin there. Backlash got second place. Third place was tied. All in and all out. Funnily enough, we're both tied at third uh, place. Uh, fourth place, fifth place, whatever you want to call it. Uh next up with 7.5% of the vote, Survivor Series. Tied. Sheesh. Yeah. So 5% of the vote, not a lot of AEW fans uh, you know, churning out in, in in masses this year. 5% both to Forbidden Door and Wrestle Dream, and then last place with no votes, Elimination Chamber, which to me, I will say this so a couple things before I throw back to you. Elimination Chamber should have gotten votes. To me, that was one of the best shows of the year. I know I'm biased because we were there. I get it. But that was an excellent show. One of the best B-shows they've done in a long time. Best Elimination Chamber show they probably have ever done. Great atmosphere, great show, great main event, great chamber matches. People don't remember it as fondly, I don't think, because it happened in February. And Mania is always more memorable. So that is one thing. Two, I agree with Mania being the show of the year because it was. Backlash was also a blast. I enjoyed a lot of AEW shows this year. But I think with Mania, the one thing I wanted to ask you before I cut myself off, you watched back 38, I remember, and you said it wasn't like as good as I said it was or other people said it was or whatever. I know you probably haven't watched back 39 yet. Would you say that 39, that was top to bottom, the best Mania they've done in probably the last, I can't say 10 years, maybe since 31 or 30 itself?
1: Probably, I, I mean... I have to go back and, like I said, the other shows kind of like, I, I feel like the other shows kind of like mashed together. Like, where was thirty? Oh, 37 was Tampa. Yeah,
0: that was a good show, too. I like I like That, that was a good show,
1: too. 38 was at AT&T, right? Yes. Yeah, I would say 39 was probably the best one they've had since 31-30 time frame.
0: I think it's the best two-for-one, like, consecutive manias they've had since 30-31 for sure, Um I know people will be soured on the Roman beating Cody thing. I mean, I thought that was terrible. You know, we discussed that ad nauseum. But at least I can admit, you know, that match was amazing. And the overall show was great. I thought Night 2 had kind of some you know, worse booking decisions. But overall, it was a pretty great two-night mania. Um, and I think the other takeaway from these shows, dude, is that both companies, but definitely WWE, they've done such a great job this past year of branching out and doing some real great international shows. Puerto Rico was great. Backlash would not have been remembered as fondly if it was not in Puerto Rico, but it was a good show, though. Um, You had Money in the Bank in London, which was a lot of fun. We had the Montreal show in Canada back in February, which was great. AEW doing the All In show in London. They had uh, the Canada Forbidden Doors show in June. And then coming up in 2024, uh, AEW obviously already doing All In, too, but WWE has already got Australia for February. They've got fucking Paris for Backlash, and they've got Berlin for Bash in Berlin or whatever it is in the summer, in August. That's crazy. So we have a lot to look forward to in 2024 as well, and it's really worked out wonders, it really worked uh, you know, wonderfully for WWE as far as paying dividends and making them more money and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, even I feel like the Saudi shows have been better. Yeah. Um, obviously, they may make, like you said, making a lot of money off those as well, but... Um, no, I thought this year, like I said, specifically this year. I mean, next year should be good as well. But those international shows, like, would definitely like help the year. Like I said, I felt like being in the Elimination Chamber was re- like the crowd was ridiculous. Like even with that, even if Sammy wasn't there, I still feel like it would have been a crazy crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, Same with Puerto Rico. The London crowd for Money in the Bank was great as well. Um, But yeah, I feel like like I said before when we originally talked about the whole like. Leaving the United States, I feel like it. Giving those other countries is nice because it gives you like a different perspective. But then when they come back to the states, it also makes you want to go more because it's not as readily available as it used to be.
0: Exactly, they're not coming to the you know the Northeast and other places like that as consistently as they were. So you know, it makes it feel more special when they do, which is cool, especially for the pay-per-views. Um, what was the other thing I wanted to say? But the international shows. Oh, I feel like I, I tweeted this a week ago. As far as the NFL belts thing, but. Nick Khan is going to go down as one of the biggest difference makers in this company's history. I mean, between the international shows and the merchandising stuff, among many other things, the network deals that he's been able to do in the last couple of years, I mean, he's gone from being one of the biggest heels in the eyes of wrestling fans, from letting go of so many people, as, as far as that being the perception, to now really turning things around for the better. It's, it's amazing the difference a couple of years can make.
1: I mean, yeah, like you said, he was a heel to all these people, but for the company alone, he's making they're making so much money. So, like, obviously... It is, at the end of the day it is a business and they're making so much money but I think like the strategy they're using like I said it also I feel like it helps the fans because like I said it makes it more want, you want to see it more if you get it all the time it's not as good Yeah. so I mean I, I like what they're doing makes you like have like that hunger um, so
0: I, I like what they're doing right now an incredibly important hire for WWE and I think if they can kind of maintain this momentum and continue to branch out internationally there's no reason to think this hot streak they're on right now won't continue for a while to come We get to the 2023 Feud of the Year. Again, four from AEW, four from WWE. Nominees included Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens against the Bloodline. This would include, and I kind of lumped it all together, um, Zayn against Reigns, Owens against Reigns, that whole thing from like, I mean, obviously even before January, but January through like May is what I'm talking there. The Elite versus Blackpool Combat Club, Cody Rhodes versus Brock Lesnar. MJ versus Adam Cole, Becky Lynch versus Trish Stratus, Darby Allen versus Christian Cage, Roman Reigns versus Jay Uso, and Adam Page versus Swerve Strickland. What'd you vote for, Mister and What do you think won? <sighs> it's
1: a tough one. I can't remember. It was definitely one of the Bloodline ones. I probably vote for Roman and Jay.
0: Yeah, probably. I'm,
1: I'm a fucking mark and a half. <laughs> um, but I feel like yeah. I feel like. What do you say, Zane What was it, Zane and Owens versus the Bloodline? Yeah. I mean, like I said, I guess that was like them in January through, yeah. i probably voted for Jane Roman, but I think overall, I would say the whole Owens and Zane versus the Bloodline was kind of like the feud of the year, obviously. I feel like it was like WWE programming for the first whole half of the year.
0: Yeah, yeah and it was great programming. Uh, so I what... mean, the
1: fact that you put Becky and Trish, you should be shot, but uh, <laughs> that was like one of the worst feuds ever, but it got a good <laughs> giggle out of me.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, I was kind of... Str- I wanted to put a women's feud in there, and I thought at least that was more of a feud than... Ronda and Sheena was so short, which also wasn't great, but it was very short. Um What else even... Re- I mean, there were really... WWE... AEW as well, obviously. There were no memorable women's feuds in AEW. But in WWE, Charlotte and Rhea could have been a great feud. The match was amazing, but the feud is kind of non-existent. The feud sucked. Um... There weren't a lot of great women's feuds, like Rhea and Raquel, no. Um, Bianca and Damage Control for the millionth time, no. Like there just weren't a lot of great women's feuds, so I couldn't really include a lot of those. Bianca and Oscar, eh, I don't know. So I thought that was the biggest one, so I included it. Um, but winning with thirty-five, or I'm sorry, thirty-seven point five percent of the vote. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens against the Bloodline. So again, you were right with that one. Uh, two with twenty percent of the vote. MJF versus Adam Cole, and I should say that would include not just their feud, but the whole story, really. It wasn't really a feud. They were friends in the aftermath, and they got cut short due to his injury. But that's what that whole thing includes. I, I, I can't really explain that in the poll, but that should be implied. Third, Roman Reigns versus Jay Uso with 17.5% of the vote. Uh, fourth place, Adam Page and Swerve Strickland with 10% of the vote. Fifth place, 7.5% of the vote with the Elite and Blackpool Combat Club. 5% of the vote. Becky Lynch versus Trish Stratus. Don't know why. Wow. I, 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 don't, I don't get that one.
1: That's five too many.
0: 2.5% of the vote. Darby Allin versus Christian Cage. In 0% of the vote. No votes for Cody Rhodes versus Brock Lesnar. No one liked Cody and Brock, apparently. Jesus Christ. I think Cody and Brock, while it was not a great feud, was definitely better than Becky and Trish. No disrespect to the women, but that's just a fact. And they were both from the same time span, after Mania through SummerSlam or whatever. Um but yeah, you were right Zane and Owens versus the Bloodline. That included dude that whole peak of the Bloodline saga with the Zane turn at the end of a Royal Rumble. That it included the Zayn and Roman feud going into Elimination Chamber, which was amazing, and the aftermath. And Zayn and Owens reuniting, and then the title win at Mania, and then the Night of Champions match where Jimmy cost Roman the win. That whole thing was incredible. I, I think it gave WWE, for as good as their company's been this year, their best stretch of programming, to me, was with the Bloodline stuff heading into Mania and a little bit coming out of Mania going into the, sp- going into the summer. So I'm glad oh, that won. Easily, I
1: mean, yeah. the whole Zayn-Owens saga... Like said, leading into WrestleMania, and then even after with the Usos basically leaving, I mean now Jimmy's back, which makes no fucking sense. But um, like them leaving was huge. Like you said, probably the best of work they've done in a while. I just feel like SmackDown specifically at that point was like literally can't miss. Like you had to watch SmackDown. Yeah. Like shit. Like was every every week something like big was going on. Obviously it's kind of fallen off a little bit since. But at that time, like you said, SmackDown was like a must watch every week.
0: Yeah, I got to give uh, credit and say the same for MGF and Adam Cole, though. I feel like when they were doing their thing from like late June through August and a little bit into September as well, they were, to me, musty television in AEW, and that, to me, was the best stretch of programming they had done across Dynamite and Collision. They were doing great stuff on that show, too. Um, I have to include that match. I have to include and, and give them credit and show them some love because that, to me, was probably the best story they had done all year. Um, Page and Swerve, I thought, was a good feud. The matches were better than the feud itself, but it was a good feud. Roman and Jay was an amazing feud. It was, I would say, from, like, May through August, I would say. From, like, Night of Champions-ish, like, June through, like, SummerSlam, and they had a really good feud. Fucking hated the ending with Roman and,
1: uh...
0: stupid. So dumb. What? I took out... Alexis asked me, oh, what about Roman and Cody? I didn't want to do three Roman feuds. I thought that would be kind of overkill... So I didn't do Roman and Cody, and that was a really good feud too. Again, same thing, terrible finish at Mania, but hopefully the story isn't finished, blah, blah, blah. Um, Becky and Trish was not great, but I had to include it because they wanted the women's you know, representation. Cody and Brock I thought was solid. It was not great, and the matches were really good, they closed out with a really good match, but the feud itself was eh. Uh, Darby and Christian, again, I was struggling to think of like another memorable AEW feud this year, and I thought their matches were really good. I guess you could say Swerve and... Uh, Darby too is another one, but I put Darby and Christian because it was more recent. And the Elite and Blackpool Combat Club was uh, pretty good early on, and then it kind of fell off a cliff. And the uh, fucking anarchy and the arena shit, I thought was whatever. But yeah, that Zayn and Owens versus Bloodline was—I would agree with that was the feud of the year for wrestling uh, between those two companies. Moment of the year, uh, a lot of good moments this year. So the nominees included probably
1: was the hardest one, the
0: hardest one to vote on.
1: There were so many big ones. That I figure like. There were so many ones that could win. I thought, To me, I thought this was the hardest one to vote
0: on. Uh, yeah, I mean, I try to include a lot of big ones, and I will say that, I mean, it was a great year for wrestling overall. We'll get to that at the end. I took out Shocker of the Year, because I feel like Shocker and Moment can kind of be the same thing. So, just yeah, as, a, as a side note, that's why that one's gone for this year. Maybe next year it's back. Uh, so, Moment of the Year, the nominees included Adam Cole returning from injury on Dynamite. I didn't put dates next to these, but I... That one, I intended for that to be when he first came back in January as a surprise because I thought that was a great moment. So that was that one. Sami Zayn's Montreal homecoming. Again, that was kind of um for SmackDown specifically when we were there, but it can go for Elimination Chamber as well. The Elite reuniting on Dynamite for the first time in a few years. Jey Uso pinning Roman Reigns and Money in the Bank. That kind of included Jey turning on Roman as well because that moment was amazing, Um, but I did not include that because I didn't want two of kind of the same thing. So I went with that one. WWE paying tribute to Bray Wyatt on SmackDown for the tribute show for him and Terry Funk back in August, The Rock returning to SmackDown in September, Adam Copeland's debut at AEW WrestleDream, and CM Punk returning to WWE at Survivor Series. So what'd you vote for, Mr. Marceau, and what do you think won? I feel
1: like this was the hardest one. I feel like either Punk or Rock won. I okay. I mean, I think based on the whole, I mean, the landscape itself, I feel like Jay turning on Roman or him pinning Roman was probably the biggest moment of the year. Sure. Um,
0: yeah, first time he's been pinned in four years, pretty much, yeah. Four
1: years. It was like a big moment, like right after Jay turned on him. I just, like you said, I just feel like Punk and Rock, I mean, like, they obviously, we don't even know how it's going to pay. Like, The Rock was just a one-night thing. Like, there, was, there wasn't really, at this point, no payoff to it. Yeah. They're just coming back to SmackDown. Punk hasn't even wrestled. I mean, I guess he wrestled last night at MSG, but still hasn't wrestled yet. So, like, that was a big moment. There hasn't really been a payoff. I mean, I think it's one of those two, but if I actually go the actual, like, moment that, like, led, it was, like, Jay turning on Roman and pinning Roman was probably... To me, I think was the biggest moment
0: of the year. Okay, that's what you voted. I assume that's what you voted I for. I think
1: that's what I voted for too. Yeah, because I feel like punk and rock. I said I think I like went between them, but I feel like it's. I think those were probably the two who we're going to win, so I didn't vote for it because I just feel like it was either of those
0: two. You think the the Jey Uso one won
1: No, I don't. I think either Rock or Punk won.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, number one with fifty three point seven percent of the vote. Again, vast majority or not? Yeah, I mean it's over, well over half. Uh C M Punk returning to WWE again. Massive moment, I'll get to it in a second, but that also just happened a month ago, so it's still fresh in a lot of people's minds. Uh, that was number one, and I would have voted for that too, because you know my mark. Two, 14.6% of the vote. Second place, Adam Copeland debuting in AEW at Wrestle Dream was second place. Third place, 12.2% of the vote. WWE paying tribute to Bray Wyatt. 9.8% of the vote. Fourth place, Sami Zayn's Montreal SmackDown Homecoming. Tied for fifth, Jey Uso pinning Roman and The Rock returning to SmackDown. So the two moments that you just talked about are fifth at 4.9 percent of the vote, and no votes went to the Elite reuniting, and no votes for Adam Cole. Poor Adam Cole, <laughs> uh, no votes for them. So that was what won. CM Punk uh, returning to WWE, and the stuff that you mentioned was a lot lower than I thought it would be. Any reaction to that?
1: Yeah, I mean, like I said, I feel like I mean, based on the, I feel like I totally forgot about the Bray Wyatt. I mean, that, I knew that one would be pretty high too, like it should have been.
0: Um, that's tough, too, because the guy passed away. I mean, that's really yeah, difficult, that you know what I mean?
1: It's, like, a tough one to, like, not vote against. I probably
0: should have not have included that one, but, yeah, still.
1: I mean, I'm surprised how the Adam Cole one was... High, I mean, I get it. Like, I just feel like it was not... I mean, that one was, like, highly rumored that he was going to come. So, I feel like that one wasn't as, like... I mean, I get it. So, like I said, it's, like, a debut, so I get that. I'm honestly shocked The Rock was... Like I said, maybe just because, like I said, it was just a one-night thing. It wasn't really any kind of payoff to it yet. So, I mean, to that one, I kind of understand. Jay beating Roman, I mean, he literally beat someone that hasn't lost in four fucking years. I'm surprised that wasn't a little bit higher. No, yeah, that should have
0: been higher. Um, right?
1: But no, I mean, poor, rip Adam Cole. Poor, poor guy.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, that was a great moment. But again, it happened in January, so it is what it is. I I get it. The Punk one, I would still go with as the moment of the year because, again, the Jay Uso thing was... To me, probably second. The Adam Copeland return was great. People kind of expected it. But it it was a, or not return, debut at WrestleDream was a pretty surreal moment because no one ever expected him to actually leave WWE, and then he did. Um, I'm glad AEW has a nominee in second place there. The Bray one is kind of in a league of its own. The Punk one, it was his first appearance in almost a decade. You thought it might happen, but you weren't really sure. And yeah, there's no payoff yet, but as a moment, it was incredible. One of the best reactions, returns in WWE history. Hard to vote against that one, especially when it only happened a month ago. So I, I'm not surprised that one won, and I I think that one should have won. The Rock thing was great. It was a great moment, but I feel like all of wrestling, both companies had uh, better moments than that one. And the Jey Uso one deserves more love because that one was a... Uh, I, I think we expected it, but I think we predicted it, but it was still pretty crazy, and it was a great match to boot. Uh, breakout Star of the Year. So I took out, again, for reference, I took out most likely to break out in 2024 because I just feel like it might be some of the same people or it was kind of hard and you you can include NXT people in that as well. But anyway, breakout star of the year, the nominees included, uh, Jay Uso, Julia Hart, Kenosuke Takeshka, LA Knight, Swerve Strickland, Tiffany Stratton, Willow Nightingale, and Zoe Stark. Fun fact, a lot of these people were in the running for most likely to break out in 2023 in last year's poll, and I forgot who I included. I, I not, not who I included. I forgot who won. I think it might have been Kenosuke Tegeska. I don't remember. Um, but who do you think won? And who did you vote for?
1: I vote for James. So obviously. Yeah,
0: of, of course. You got your heat shirt on. I'm sure.
1: I do not. But I I vote for him. Yeah, this one was an also. I feel like this one's such a tough one because I. I feel like there's like four people I think that could win. I would say it was between Knight, Swerve, J. I mean Stratton. Fucking, I feel like she she definitely is up there as well. I'm gonna say L.A. Knight won. I voted for J, but I think one of the I think the top four should be those four people I just listed. Okay. Knight, Stratton, Swerve, and J. All right. all right.
0: 45.2% of the vote against almost over almost half of the uh, people that voted. L.A. Knight as number one. I mean, again, just main event at a pay-per-view, going from very little to a lot in a very short span of time for a guy that we didn't know would be pushed or not. and That kind of got himself over, pretty remarkable. 26.2% of the vote to second place. Second, Swerve Strickland. Uh, so he won for AEW and that, you know, for their side of the bracket, I guess. Uh, Jay Uso was three and 19.0% of the vote. Fourth was, I mean, that they took up a majority of the votes, so the rest of them aren't really. They got almost none. But the the rest were tied. I think it was a four-way tie. Unless this I am I was wrong here. I think a four-way tie between Takeshka, Zoe Stark, Julia Hart, and Tiffany Stratton. And then no votes went to Willow, unfortunately. Love Willow. Poor Willow. Um, you know, she won. She did break out for a little bit. She beat Mercedes Monet for the Strong Women's Championship and won the Owen Hart Classic Cup for the women, and then it went nowhere, so I'm not really surprised.
1: Who so won it for the guys?
0: Oh, uh, Ricky Starks. Yeah,
1: okay. I, I could have
0: put Ricky, it. but I feel like Ricky was already on the ascent last year, so I, I didn't put... say,
1: Honestly, they not like a really... I honestly, like I said, I didn't even, honestly didn't even know she won it until you just mentioned it. But... Yeah,
0: yeah. I'm like, who even cares at that point? They I don't think they won, like, title shots or anything. They just won the trophy, and that's it. Um, but, dude, it was a big year for LA Knight. I mean, again, he was already getting TV time, but he was in the feud with Bray, not really doing a lot. And it was, a, and the feud was, was good, and the match sucked. Then he disappears from TV for a while, barely on the road to WrestleMania, doesn't appear at Mania, doesn't appear at Backlash, doesn't appear at Night of Champions. I mean, it looked like they had kind of given up on him until he got himself over, heading into Money in the Bank, turned things around with a win at uh, SummerSlam, beat Miz... Wins with John Cena, gets the endorsement from Cena, headlines Crown Jewel, loses obviously, but still a very good match and very good showing and defeat. And he's become and he's remained one of the biggest babyfaces on the blue brain. I don't know if that'll be the case in a year, and I hope it is, but for now he's one of the biggest babyfaces in the entire company. I mean, it was a pretty r- miraculous rise, all things considered. Although I think some love should be shown to Jay Uso. for also Again, he was already over, obviously, but on his own really breaking out. I mean, I told you this before and I'll continue saying it. The guy is a main event... I mean, I know he calls himself main event Jey Uso, but like he feels like he could be a world champion and I wouldn't be opposed to it. If he told me that a year or two ago, five years ago, I would have laughed in your fucking face because I was like, he's not a world champion. But at this point, I think he is. And Jay's not like the best wrestler in the company by any means, but his character is great, he's relatable, and people just fucking love the guy. It's got that Mark Briscoe effect for me, and I know that's... It's fitting because the Usos feel like WWE's Briscoes. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it, Jimmy is no Jay Briscoe. Let me put it that way right now. Jay's far better <laughs> than Jimmy Uso. Jimmy Uso ain't bad, but Jay is really broken out, and it's been uh, great to see. And Swerve has obviously had an amazing year, too.
1: No, yeah, like I said, I think LA Knight, just the magnitude, like they went from the whole match through pre-thing, that awful, I watched it the other day, that terrible match at Royal Rumble with Bray Wyatt. Oh, my <laughs> God, it was so bad. Not being on the show for the majority of the year and then finally getting his run and, like you said, being one of the biggest faces in, in the company. So that definitely makes sense. Same with Swerve. Um, yeah. Last he was kind of doing like, the whole like Swerve on our glory thing. Never had any payoff. I guess we're going to get it next week probably. But, oh. uh, no, I think he's done well. I think they hopefully don't, with him specifically, Like I feel like they need to kind of strike when the iron's hot at this point with him. I mean, he's so over. I feel like it would be a mistake, I mean, I guess Adam Copeland could win the TNT title, but if it's still on Christian, then it's like we have to see. Because if Joe wins, I mean, he's, is he a heel? Or is he a face? I, don't, I, I, yeah. I feel like he's a heel. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, I just feel like You need to kind of put something on him. Like I said, even if he, I don't think he should win the whole Continental Class. I feel like it's agree. below him. Um, but he needs to win something, or I feel like the fans could turn on him. But he had a great year overall. Um, Jay, like I said, I feel like. People always say, like, oh, yeah, he's just a tag team guy. And I feel like this year alone, he just kind of broke off on his own. Jimmy's still kind of a – I don't even know what you consider him. He's just a and goof. If they do him at WrestleMania, they need to figure out, like <laughs>
0: – How to heat that something. one up, Because at this
1: point, Jimmy was still going to be less cold and Jay could be more hot than yeah. So it's funny because they're both at the two totally different perspectives. Jimmy is just like – like, he is just so job – blacky, it's not even funny, so they really need to heat him up. Like you said, even Jay, like he hasn't won a shit time, but he's just so over. Um, Jimmy just loses constantly, and he's not over at all. Back doing the whole bloodline thing, that makes no sense. Um, so, Jay's had a good year. I think he'll have another good year in 24. And then Stratton, like we said, I mean, I I, I think she's going to be one of the next big women's superstars for WWE. Um, I mean, her time's coming. I think there'll be sometime this year they'll call her up, because She's pretty much done everything in NXT. I don't really know what else to do with her, and I think she could little be like thrown right in the main event scene on on and SmackDown and fit right in.
0: Yeah, no, Tiffany. I think will have a lot of success on uh, Raw or SmackDown this coming year. Jade as well. If, if I did like most likely to break out, it w- Jade would obviously be on there. She should have a lot of success this coming year as well if she gets called up and put on one of the two main shows or even NXT. Um, i got to give credit to Julie Hart. I think she wasn't really anyone I cared about at all, even as recently as a couple months ago, but she's improved a lot. Um, The character stuff has been better. She's probably the best part of House of Black. I mean, she's the only one with a championship right now. Um, But she's improved a lot, and she's now champion, which is cool to see. Zoe Stark, I mean, we've been pretty favorable towards her. She had a really good year overall. I didn't give a fuck about her in NXT two years ago, but turning heel helped, and she's always been good in the ring. Getting the call up was cool for her. She hasn't won any titles, but being involved in the Becky program helped, and she doesn't get any heat. No one gives a shit about her on the shows, but, you know, she goes in there and always has a good performance, so which is cool to see. Will yeah, is... I
1: like Zoe. I like what you said with Zoe. I think her biggest problem is she just isn't over. No, nah, she's, she's in. she's great. Her. I think, like, working with Trish was good, beating Becky, getting, like, those reps was good, but she's kind of, unfortunately, stuck in Raw's group of women who just aren't over. It's like her, Tegan, Natalia. Zaylee, uh, insert other person. Like I feel like it's pretty much the whole raw women's division besides Becky at this point, point. Uh, and Rhea. I, they just—they're just all women that no one could give any care to, unfortunately.
0: No, not at all. They really need to do a better job in the new year of getting people to care about some of these women. Uh, you know, Tegan Knox I think, was in that, that poll last year I put up. What a joke that was. I mean, she's gotten better, and she's been on, not better, but she's always been good. She's gotten on TV a bit more lately, which is nice, but they need to really kind of take it to the next level with her for people that really care. Uh, Willow, I think, is great. Again, gotta do more with her. Takeshka, I think, would have been higher had they really followed up on his push. Um, and, you know, he turned on Omega, great heat with Callus, and then it went fucking nowhere. Beat Omega! Beat Omega went nowhere. He's done nothing since then. That was almost four months ago. Inexcusable. I think that's bullshit. Um, but he is great as well. We get into the women's match of the year for 2023. I'm not going to lie. And it's not their fault. But slim pickings from AEW on this one. Just because... And it's not the women's fault. But like they don't put them in a position to really have great matches or great programs. So it was kind of hard to pick. So I actually included a Ring of Honor match. Which was which was actually great. <clears throat> and So I, I think I have... Two AEW matches and one Ring of Honor, and then five women's uh, from WWE. So, just a heads up. But So, the nominees included Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley for the SmackDown Women's Championship at WrestleMania 39. Bianca Belair versus Asuka, also from WrestleMania 39. Didn't include the Women's Chamber match, but that was also a really good match, just a heads up. Bianca Belair versus Io Sky from Backlash. Becky Lynch versus Tristratus from Payback. Excellent match. Athena versus Willow Nightingale from Ring of Honor Death Before Dishonor for the Ring of Honor Women's World Championship. Becky Lind versus Tiffany Stratton from the for the NXT Women's Championship Extreme Rules from NXT No Mercy. Uh, NXT no Mercy. Chris Statlander versus Julia Hart from Wrestle Dream for the TBS Championship and the Women's War Games match from last month at Survivor Series. So, hearing those nominees, Mr. Marceau, what'd you vote for and what do you think won?
1: I voted for Charlotte and Rhea. I think it probably won by a landslide. Um I like Stratton and Becky. Um I mean I think Rhea and Charlotte was to me I think hands down the best match of the year. Um for the women easily. Um I like Lyra and Becky. I mean it wasn't the greatest match ever, but the one in NXT when Lyra yeah, won the Yeah,
0: honorable mention, yeah, great a match.
1: match. A good like uh, finish and stuff like that. Um but I think Charlotte and Rhea won by landslide
0: you are not wrong they did win by a landslide 60% of the vote going to Charlotte and Rhea WrestleMania 39 a match that could could have easily headlined that show and did not for the right reason they had a better closing to the show but this was amazing Rhea finally winning any other outcome would not have made sense the match was as great as it should have been a couple of years ago and they've always worked well together but this was easily their best match together uh, the right so we outcome
1: some tears from WrestleMania 36
0: seriously I was fucking stupid and they finally righted that wrong which was great <laughs> Uh, Amazing match. I thought it was uh, exact. I mean, the feud again was non-existent, but they went in there and had an awesome match. Loved it. Second place. Actually, tied for second place. This doesn't make much sense. Uh, Well, one of them does. Tied for second place is Athena and Willow. And I was really happy that got as high as it did because that was an excellent match. I don't know how many... Not many people watch Ring of Honor, obviously, nowadays. um, Or even saw that match. But they did have an amazing match. I'm glad that got second place. Along with... This is a recency bias one. Women's War Games. I mean, Stop. I enjoyed the match, but that was not second place material.
1: Sorry, it's not. No, no, no. That match was. I honestly it was probably one of my least favorite matches of the year. Yeah, I know. Women had just so much trash and garbage in it. I, I mean, like I said, that must be a recency bias. But I don't know. I think it was probably one of the weaker War Games matches they've had in a while.
0: I enjoyed the match. I thought it was really good, but definitely of these. Ones that I listed, it was the weakest, so that that's second place, I guess. Uh, tied for, no, just a solid third, Becky and Tiffany from No Mercy. They had a great main event on that show. Forgot to main, mention they main event. Uh, I guess I must have forgot to put Rhonda and Shayna on there. That barn burner from SummerSlam must have slipped my mind. Maybe next year. Um, I mean,
1: I love that match. I was in the bathroom the entire time, <laughs> so... Uh... I just love every hole they put on.
0: Um, MMA rules, yeah.
1: MMA rules. I mean, I can't Honestly, if you put it on there, I wouldn't be able to vote for it because like I said, I was in the bathroom majority of the time. (laughs) I walked in, I walked out, heard Shayna's music, laughed, and went back to grab uh, some more cookies.
0: I didn't mind the match, but no one gave a shit. No one cared. That match was a disaster, unfortunately. Um, Bianca and Io from Backlash getting fourth place with 5% of the vote. Uh, fifth place with 2.5 percent of the vote, Chris Statlander and Julie Hart from Wrestle Dream, and then no votes, no votes. This is bullshit. Bianca and Oscar from Annie 39 and Becky and Trish, which was an um, outstanding match. That that getting no votes just really bothers me. I mean, the fact that Women's War Games got si- second place in Becky and Trish, which only happened three four months ago inside the steel cage, which was an excellent match, getting no votes is complete and utter bullshit. People do not like. Stratus, I guess, because that makes no sense. Um, I think it was
1: more of the feud itself as a whole, Yeah, maybe. that's
0: probably it. The match was great, though.
1: Yeah, I thought the match at Payback was really good.
0: Yeah, I don't know, but Charlotte and Rhea is a deserving number one. That was an excellent match. Now we go from the women to the men for the men's match of the year. So this was the only category this year, and the only category ever, actually. I did 12 different nominees. That was how great this year has been for matches. So that's how many nominees I included. I think I did six from WWE, six from AEW. Um, and that's what we came out to. So here were the nominees: Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn from Elimination Chamber, MJF and Brian Danielson, Iron Man match for the AEW World Championship from Revolution, the Usos, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn tag team titles at WrestleMania 39, night one. Night two, Gunter, Sheamus and McIntyre Intercontinental Championship, WrestleMania 39. Bad Bunny versus Damian Priest, the San Juan Street Fight from Backlash, the IWGP U.S. Championship match, the rematch from Wrestle Kingdom, which I did not include because that wasn't an AEW match technically. Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay here, number two from Forbidden Door. Uh, FTR versus Bullet Club Gold Collision, July fifteenth, twenty uh, 2023, for the tag team titles. That was the two out of three falls match. Cody Rhodes versus Brock Lesnar from SummerSlam. Owens and Zayn versus Judgment Day Street Fight from Payback for the tag titles. Brian Danielson versus Ricky Starks at all out the strap match, MJ versus Kenny Omega for the AW World Championship on collision back in October, and Adam Page versus Swerve Strickland from full gear in the death match they just had a month ago. Lot of nominees, Mr. Marceau, to you, what was the best match of the year? What do you think people thought was the best match of the year for the men?
1: Um, it's a tough one. I think. I think I voted for FTR and Bullet Club Gold. I have a fucking nightmare that the stupid street fight won. That was uh, a great
0: match. Okay, I'll talk about it, but it was a great match, though.
1: The street fight?
0: Yeah, I thought it was great. I don't know if it was garbage. natural year, but it was on my
1: TV. But yeah, I, I said FTR and Bullet Club Gold.
0: Are you talking about the San Juan street fight?
1: No, I'm talking about the stupid one with Swerve and fucking... Oh, that was banging. a death
0: match. That, that's a, okay, yeah.
1: The same difference. Street Fight Deathmatch is the exact same
0: thing with different man. <laughs> Okay. So this one was uh, well distributed. Three matches did not get any votes. MJF and Kenny Omega got no votes, which is a bummer because I was there for that one. Great match. No votes. Uh, Brian Danielson and Ricky Starks got another amazing match. Just not an important match, so probably that's why I got no votes. And also, again, people fucking hate Cody Rhodes this year. Cody Rhodes versus Brock Lesnar. No votes from SummerSlam. It wasn't my match of the year, but no votes. I mean, come on. So I'll go through the rest of them in a second. But number one with 31% of the vote, Mr. Marceau. From WrestleMania 39, Gunter, Sheamus, and Drew McIntyre for the Intercontinental Championship. Second place, 16.7% of the vote. Also from WrestleMania 39. People love Mania 39. Usos versus Owens and Zayn for the tag team titles. Third place, MJF and Brian Danielson, the Iron Man match at Revolution, 14.3% of the vote. Tied with third place, fourteen point three percent of the vote. Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay from Forbidden Door. Fourth place, Bad Bunny and Damian Priest, nine point five percent of the vote. And then tied for fifth or sixth, I don't know, tied for whatever I said was next, four point eight percent of the vote. These two are tied. Owens and Zane versus Judgment Day from Payback. Adam Page versus Swerve from Full Gear, both at four point eight. Two point four percent of the vote tied. Um, not dead last because the other ones that have no votes are dead last. Roman Reigns versus Sami Zayn from Elimination Chamber and FTR versus Bullet Club Gold from Collision. That Collision match that you voted for was amazing. It should have gotten more votes. That, to me, was one of the best matches all year. Uh, to me, the match of the year was MJF and Brian Danielson, but that got three. So your reaction to what Uh, won Gunter, Sheamus, and McIntyre? I'm not that upset at it because it makes sense.
1: No, yeah, I get it. I just... I mean, I guess if you're going off like, like I said, recency bias. bull Club Gold's kind of been done ski since Jay White lost. Sure, I'm pretty sure Juice has hurt. I don't even think I've seen the guns in a while. It's uh, it's
0: honestly tough for TV matches to win anything because they're not as memorable as, as main event
1: as. Well, yeah, definitely. So. Um, yeah, I like Gunther. I like so that match was really good. I would still go with the tag because I guess it was on TV. I mean, it still is a great match. Um. Yeah, I mean, and Zayn and Owens and, and the Uthos was great, too. Like, yeah, it was a good match, and the story was amazing. So I feel like you could go well with that, too. But I feel like the best actual, like best match, regardless of TV, I thought was uh, Bullet Club Gold and FTR. Like I said, it just kind of sucks that both teams, I mean, FTR, I don't even know if they're even around right now. And yeah. with Bullet Club Gold, they've kind of, they were hot for a little bit, and they've kind of cooled off like pretty decently, signed, so... Maybe that's like a like I said either either TV or recency bias on what they've been doing. Yeah, um, but I feel like that one should got a lot more votes than it did.
0: I agree. I think this is uh the toughest one to vote on for me personally, just because we had a lot of great matches this year between the two companies. I think more this year than any other year, and that's not even including NXT with like Hayes and Dragon the Dragon off Dijak match that we saw at Battleground, Becky Lynch and Lyra you mentioned earlier. A lot of great NXT matches too. I didn't even include here that mat the, the thing would have been twenty fucking nominees. That would have been too much. Um, most nominees I've ever had for one singular poll because it was just it was a tough one to vote on. But all the matches I mentioned were great. The ones that you mentioned were great. Um, MJF and Danielson is my match of the year personally. I think they had the best Iron Man match I have probably have ever seen. And that closing stretch was great. I'm honestly kind of surprised they got as many votes as I did just because it was back in March and it's not recent. Um, I thought like Page and Swerve would have gone higher than it did. I'm glad it didn't, but I thought it would have. Um, but yeah, Gunter, Sheamus, and McIntyre. Can't complain the match was amazing. Probably one of the best triple threat matches the company's ever done. And Gunther is just amazing right now. Speaking of tag teams, though, we got tag team of the year up next. Four teams from WWE. Four teams from AEW. We've got the acclaimed, FTR, the Judgment Day. Really any incarnation, but primarily Finn and Damian. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. MJF and Adam Cole. The Street Profits, the Usos, and the Young Bucks. Who was the 2023 Tag Team of the Year, Mr. Marceau? Your prediction and what you want to see happen.
1: I feel like this one's tough. I mean, if we're going in-ring-wise, I think FTR should have definitely won. I mean, I think they had the most consistent matches. They probably wrestled probably the least amount of matches. (laughs) But I think, like, their body of work was the best overall. I feel like... Zane and Owens will win. I mean, people love WrestleMania 39, so maybe that was going to totally yeah. bad voting. Yeah. But if I was going actual wrestling, I would say FTR. Like I said, they didn't wrestle a ton, um, but the matches they did have were all really good to great. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to go with Zayn and Owens. Okay. One. All
0: right. Very nice.
1: And I voted for FTR.
0: Okay. That's what I thought. Winning with 33.3% of the vote. FTR was the 2023 wow. Tag Team of the Year. Number two, 24.4... Actually, uh, second two-way tie here for second place. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn with 24.4% of the vote, along with The Judgment Day, which was surprising. I mean, maybe just because they're the current champions. I don't know. Uh, Third place, MJF and Adam Cole with 11.1% of the vote. Fourth place, The Usos with 4.4% of the vote. Uh, Fifth place... I'm messing up my rankings here. Fifth place, The Acclaimed with 2.2% of the vote. And no votes the Prophets, or the Young Bucks. I'm sure you made sure of that one. I know you were, you were you were talking, I said you were. I was excited to show you the results, and you thought they might win. They actually got no votes at all.
1: No votes. I mean, I feel like they're really like ice cold at this point, so it doesn't overly shock me. It was the Prophets didn't get a vote either. I mean, they've kind of, I mean, I don't really remember a ton what they're doing beginning of the year. Obviously, they're doing stuff with Bobby now. They're still, like, not, like, I don't know. They're definitely, I like them with Bobby, but it's like, Honestly, they haven't won anything. Yeah. Um, so it's like they're good, but they're just kind of just like in limbo right now. But uh, I mean, like I said, with the Bucks specifically, they're literally the coldest they've ever been in AEW. So that doesn't overly shock me. I mean, they didn't win anything. Well, they won the Trios, Ring of Trios titles, but I don't think they held belts all year. Um, but no, I, I think FTR won. They should win. I wish they were featured a lot more. I feel like I said they haven't wrestled a ton. To my knowledge, but they, like I said, they, usually what they do wrestle, they're good matches, so I kind of went on that scale, I think. Based on matches and quality, I that's what I gave it to them, I think. Okay. Even though they've probably wrestled the least, they've had the best matches.
0: Yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. I think, uh, in retrospect, the Bucks really haven't done anything this year at all. They had that great match with FTR at All-In. Their overall year was not good. Um, I probably would have replaced them with Bullet Club Gold. They would not have won, but you know, I think that would probably have been more appropriate. And that could be any incarnation. That could be the guns. That could be Jay White and Juice Robinson, because they've all been... And the guns, I, I told you, I don't really give a shit about the guns. But they've improved, and, and they've become a pretty good team. Um, FTR, to me, is the team of the year as well. I think Owens and Zayn had, a, to me, a great run. A lot of people don't agree with that, and that's fine. Um, I thought they had a really good run as tag team champions and some really good matches that helped elevate the division for as long as they were champions. Um, Cody and Jay were not champions long enough for them for me to include them so that's why they're not, they're not on here but FTR they won the belts they were gone for months they left in January took time off until like April they were gone for a few months but they really got cooking as tag team champions in like the summer like you said they didn't have a ton of matches but the matches they did have with the Bucks the two matches with Bullet Club Gold and MJF and Adam Cole were three of the best matches all year some of the best matches all year you'll find anywhere and they were champions up until like I think October, maybe November. I don't remember. I think they were champions up until Wrestle Dreams. I I don't know. They they were champions up until a certain point. I think in October they were champions for a while. And I should have never lost them because Ricky Starks and Big Bill have done nothing as champions. Um, but I would agree with you and the rest of the people that voted that they are the tag team of the year, female wrestler of the year. As we wind down here with their final two categories, nominees included, and I also did um. I think I did five WWE and four... I should have put, like, more NXT women on here. Uh, I think I did five WWE and four AEW, or three AEW, because there just weren't a lot. But anyway, nominees included Becky Lynch, Bianca Belair, Hakura Shida, EO Sky, Jamie Hayter, Chris Statlander, Rhea Ripley, and Tony Storm. Okay, so I did do four and four, my dad. I did do four and four between the two companies. Uh, Who'd you vote for, and who do you think won?
1: I vote for Rhea Ripley, and I think she should have won by a lot.
0: She was champion for almost the entire year, so that would make sense. And she
1: had great matches, so I would say Rhea Ripley.
0: All right. So winning with 57.8% of the vote, Hikura Shida. No, I'm just kidding. It was Rhea Ripley, undisputed number one there, easy number one. Uh, She had an amazing year. Can't really say much more than that. Io Sky second place, 15.6% of the vote. Becky Lynch, who did not have a great year until recently, came in third place, 13.3% of the vote. Fourth place, Tony Storm, 8.9% of the vote. Uh, Fifth place, Jamie Hader, 4.4% of the vote, even though she's been inactive since May. And then no votes for Sheeta, Statlander, or Bianca, which ain't fair to Bianca. Bianca had a very good year. That makes no sense to me. She should have gotten more votes than Jamie Hader, in my opinion. But Rhea Ripley undisputedly destroyed the division this year, and it's not even close.
1: I mean, she's like one of the biggest stars in the WWE, specifically even on Raw. Yeah,
0: male Uh, or female, yeah.
1: She had a ton of good matches. I, I mean, she was champion majority of the year. She runs Raw still. I don't. I think she'll hold the champion for a couple more months leading into 2024. I, I mean, yeah, I think for her, it, was, I, I mean, I, it wasn't even a question for me for this one. For and
0: her. won the Women's Rumble from number one as well. Correct. Yeah, not even close. Male Wrestler of the Year is tough, though. And this is what it all comes down to. The nominees included Brian Danielson, Christian Cage, Cody Rhodes, Gunta, MJF, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, and Will Ospreay. And I will say this, this was the only one, the only category out of all 10 I did this year where everyone got a vote. Everyone I mentioned earlier, every other category, there were several nominees, if not just one, that got no votes. This was one where everyone got at least one vote, if not more. So just a heads up on that. Um, But who do you think won? Who was your 2023 Wrestler of the Year, Mr. Marceau? And who do you think people voted as the 2023 Wrestler of the Year?
1: Okay, this was another tough one. Um, whew, um, I voted for Gunther. Okay. But I think, based on my FTR logic, I think Roman Reigns should be one or two. Did he wrestle a lot? No. But the matches he did have were... I don't know if they were in-ring classics, but their stories were ridiculous. Yes. Him versus Owens at Royal Rumble. Him versus Santa Elimination Chamber. Him versus Cody at WrestleMania. Him and Solo versus the Usos at Money in the Bank. Him versus Jay. Him versus LA Knight. Like, Did he have a ton of matches? No, but they all were big-time matches that he did have. Um, I think, as a whole, I would go with Gunther, but I wouldn't be surprised if Roman's up there. I think he should be up there. I mean, like I said, didn't wrestle a lot, but, like, he is the face,
0: unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, he's been the champion the entire year, even though he should have lost at WrestleMania, but we'll leave that behind. Um, So, winning for 2023 Male Wrestler of the Year between WWE and AEW with 31.1% of the vote was Gunther. The Intercontinental Champion was... I was very surprised by that because he's not the biggest star out of this. Probably one of the least biggest stars out of these eight. And, uh, honestly... I agree with that. To me, he is the wrestler of the year, so he should be number one. Two, 17.8% of the vote. Second place, Seth freaking Rollins, the World Heavyweight Champion, who has not been pinned since January 2nd or 3rd or whatever it was, so I could see that. Third place, tied for third place with 15.6% of the vote for each, MJF and Will Ospreay. Fourth place, 8.9% Eight point nine percent of the vote. Christian Cage. Uh sixth place or fifth place, sorry. I I don't know. Whatever it is. Roman Reigns
1: with six point seven. Six point
0: seven percent of the vote. even though- That's
1: just the effect of people are mad that he doesn't wrestle that often. Like I said, his matches was is it are they five star classics? No. But they're literally must see. I think him being a bull, I mean, like I said. Top three, you could fight. I mean, Rollins second. I'm a little surprised with two, um, but I mean, Roman definitely should be top three, if not two. I mean, behind Christian Cage, that's fucking ridiculous.
0: <laughs> Christian did have a great year, though. Um, he's
1: not Roman Reigns. <laughs> like, thing is, at the end of the day, Roman Reigns is the guy. Like, he's the one on the marquee. Like, okay. I don't know. Like I said, did he have an amazing year? No, but it's like it was like the years that Brock would be considered the wrestler of the year. Like he did as much as he did.
0: Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I mean, with Roman, he had great matches, but he only wrestled... I think, honestly, I think. I, okay, I agree with you. He's not the wrestler of the year for me. But what I would say is is that I think the bloodline passing its peak really hurt Roman Reigns at this point. I think him beating Cody Rhodes, I know I agree with you. What he's done since Mania has been great. But I think people are really hung up on the fact that he should have lost at WrestleMania and the bloodline peaked at that point. And then what we've gotten since then, especially since SummerSlam, has been largely non existent. There's been no progression no, in the storyline at all. I agree. I mean,
1: I think looking back at it now, like, especially if Roman, Cody wins this year, it's like at that point you should have just done it. Because then he could have just lost it like he could have put Jay over even more than he is now like when Jay actually beat him at SummerSlam with no belt on the line he actually beat Roman like he beat Roman like after Cody beat Roman like say Roman went on like whatever the detention the Co- he lost to Cody and then Jay beat him like that would make Jay even more over than he currently is like yeah. yes he's super over he did pin him in a tag match but if he wasn't champion right now that it would have been a big deal and then this year you could have run Roman and Chase mode, and Cody's the champion
0: yeah, no, I agree. I agree, and they missed the ball on that completely. Dude, they're um, in the
1: sixth inning. Relax.
0: <laughs> I, you're being generous. I think it's like the top of the fifth, max. Max, maybe fourth. It's tough to say, but I just did go back while you were talking just to check. Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn were tied last year for Wrestler of the Year, and Roman Reigns was also the vote of the Wrestler of the Year, male wrestler in our uh, voting process or our awards. Two years ago. Three years ago was the last time he did not win. And he came in third that year to Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre won. So he didn't even come close. I think it is the bloodline thing where I think people are just sick of the bloodline shit. And I think if he beats Cody again or whoever at Mania, I think it's going to get even worse. And honestly, at that point, I don't really blame him. This year, I kind of blame fans because I think he did have a very good year overall with, again, more... Big-time fight-feel matches against a variety of opponents. LA Knight's match was also really good. I think the story just peaking at Mania was what really bothered people. But you can't take anything away from these other people. The Rollins character isn't great, but Rollins had a pretty good fucking year. I mean, he was world champion since May. He's had some really good matches, holding it down on the Raw roster. MJF had an amazing year as well, champion almost all year. We'll see what happens on Saturday. Um, But he kind of carried the company in 2024. I would probably put him at number two. Will Ospreay wasn't signed to AEW, but the matches that he did have were fucking phenomenal. Uh, Cage had a great year, probably not as good as Roman, but Christian did have a very good year, and Cody and even Brian Danielson. I mean, they didn't. I mean, Cody was very well protected, and then they came losing a mania. Her, not a lot of Cody fans uh, voting in the polls this year, but uh, they did have a very good year as well. I think it was uh, definitely a, a toss up as far as who you can call the. Ba- I think you can make an argument for honestly most of these, if not every single one of these people. To be completely honest with you.
1: Yeah, no, I feel like this year, I honestly, from what we've done so far, like I feel like this year was less overreach than last year. Last year, I mean, I was all on the floor halfway through. Um, <laughs> I feel like this year was kind of more like, I feel like it lined up more with how I felt.
0: I We got uh, some I, more I logical moments it
1: It's still way too low. Um, but like I said, I feel like you could put MJF second. Like I said, Rollins has had good matches. So we can good this year. The character in me just, that's okay. That's my Roman Reigns bloodline thing. The character for me just kills him, like. I just think of all the people before because I can't stand the laughing and the stupid lingerie shirt and the, ugh.
0: No, I agree I with them. So
1: there you go. That's why Ron and me shouldn't be second because that's my Roman Reigns bias. <laughs> well, like, I love Seth Rollins. That's the worst part. I love Seth Rollins. I just can't stand the character at this point. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. He's got to ditch that shit. And every time we thought he might ditch it with Logan Paul or with the Judgment Day or with Drew, and he continues to go back to it. It's like, dude, stop. He'll get serious when he needs to, but like, why not be serious all the time? I don't know. The lingerie shit is just uh, the fucking always laughing and this crap and that crap. Rollins is outstanding, but they need to move past that part of the character that he's been doing for like two or three years now. It's gotten to the point where it's way too ridiculous. Um, that being said, though, an amazing year for wrestling, specifically WWE and AEW. I did go back and check real quickly of the 10 categories that we did have, and none of them were negative. None of them were like most disappointing. AEW only won one of them, that being FTR tag team of the year. I think AEW had a pretty good year, dude, but I think this was easily their weakest year overall. The punk controversy was embarrassing. Um they sold out Wembley and that was an outstanding achievement. But that I'm not saying it's an anomaly, but like their attendance is down ratings aren't what they weren't were. They're not, like, super low, but, I mean, they got beat by NXT a couple months ago, and they probably didn't even need to. That was kind of ridiculous um, on AEW's part. They've signed a lot of great people. They've had some good storylines, but it feels like the buzz around the company is finally starting to die down, and they need a real big rebound year in 2024.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like this was definitely the weakest year, like you said. I just, I think it's kind of the point with them specifically, it's like, I don't know how they get bigger than they currently are. I feel like they hot like Punk was like the biggest star they could possibly get, and that I mean, did it help? Yeah, did it help like a lot? Not really. And I feel like the company itself is just based off just good matches. Like, yeah, if you want to go buy just good matches, yeah, you can watch every week. They'll have good matches every week. But they're just like isn't that just doesn't go like I feel like that doesn't get you so like it only gets you a certain level. Yep. I feel like the people that at this point are the people that are gonna watch. I just don't know who else you could possibly bring in. Like I said, they have good matches. It's not like, oh, the matches aren't good. Like, they have good matches. I guess it would be just like the stories just aren't interesting. And the one they're really building up right now, I feel like even their own fans are kind of sick and tired of and they want it to be over with the whole devil stuff. But, I don't know, I just feel like it's tough because I feel like, like I said, the matches are good, so you can't even go like that aspect. Like, oh, they need better match. Like, the matches are great. Um, I just feel like there's so many. They just have a lot of good wrestlers and not a ton like, there's not that many people that are super over. There's just a ton of people that are good in the ring.
0: Yeah, no, I think they have a great roster. Like I said, I think they signed a lot of great people this year, and they have a very good roster going to, excuse me, going into 2024, Well, Osprey being chief among them. But, you know, they really need to do a better job of the consistency. And listen, they had a lot of bad injury issues this year as well with Danielson, Cole, MJF. I mean, they the injury bug hit them bad. Like Jamie Heater as well. Thunder Rose is finally back. They lost a lot of top players. Now Kenny Omega. Um, That was a big issue for them this year. But they also made a lot of dumb booking decisions. The Punk thing wasn't really their fault. I mean, that's a whole other topic. But That was easily the biggest black eye in the company this year. You thought it was last year with Brawl Out. It was just as bad this year with him coming back, getting his own show, fumbling that whole shit, not solving it when they had the chance, and then having to fire him the weekend of a Chicago pay-per-view only for him to go back to WWE two months later and become one of the biggest stars in the entire company and that could also fall apart in 2024 we don't know but I think overall WWE just had the better year not an amazing year but they had a very good year overall between the early months and the bloodline story being told Roman still being champion okay well they bring in a second world championship they bring back the draft and I mean the brand split is what it is at this point but we got the draft back. We got a second World Championship back. We got fucking general managers back. Nick, all this is in the company. CM Punk is returned. I mean, they're doing a lot of good stuff right now. Uh, Gunter was champion all year. Roman Reigns was champion all year again. Rhea Ripley's been champion since fucking April. So. You know, stuff needs to change in the next couple months with WWE, but so far they got a lot of fresh faces on top, a lot of people that are over, and a lot of great stories and matches to boot. Again, probably one of my favorite years in WWE's history in the in the 15 years I've been watching wrestling, anyway.
1: No, definitely. I think, like I said, we talked about before. I just feel like they have so many over baby faces at this point, and they do have some dastardly heels, but not a ton. Um, but like I said, especially for RAW, I just feel like the show is more palatable just because they have so many stars um and i feel like they also like like ria kind of had like her final like, big breakout year bianca's been good becky's still in the picture same with charlotte bailey's done good work with damage girl eo just to name a few women yeah um i feel like so i feel like tiffany should get called up she'll have she should have a good year roxanne eventually will get called up i think she'll be another big player for them and like i said for the men they just have so many over baby face guys uh roman was champion oh yeah obviously wish he'd kind of dropped the belt but like i like said the bloodline kind of held the tv for the first half of the year uh gunther's been great um i mean the u.s title's kind of been a mess but now we have logan paul so we'll see how that goes mm-hmm. um but no i mean i think one thing they need to just if they're gonna one thing they do need if they're gonna commit the tag team wrestling commit all the way don't go to, like this half bullshit they've been doing with the men and the women like if you're going to have tag teams, like, push real tag teams. Don't just do, like... Like, Priest, and they're not a real tag team at the end of the day. Like, yeah. I don't know, I just feel like they, if you're going to go in on the tag team division, go all the way in. Like, with this feud with, like, Alpha Academy and, and the Viking Raiders, like, is there going to be an actual payoff, or are they just going to lose to fucking Priest in, in Judgment Day and then just go back? So, I think that's one thing I want them to enhance in next year, specifically with the men. The women... Take that belt and throw them in the garbage. I, at this point, I just don't care about the women's tag team. There's just no teams. It's just And the women are over anyways. like you're putting people that aren't over to begin with in a tag team. And then if they ever get over, it's like a star with some random person that just doesn't get over. So if it was me, scrap that belt. Bring in like a mid-card women's belt to go defend on both shows. At least maybe those other help those other women get over or something. Because the tag team belts, I mean, they do nothing for the women. I mean, the men are kind of like props at this point too. But at least they had some good matches in 2023 that kind of propped them up. Lately, they've been more props. But yeah, I mean, they made um, event
0: into mania too. So
1: no, I know at that time they actually meant a lot. Yeah. Um, but like now, it's just kind of they need to they need to re, re, refurbish those and take the women's belt and toss them in the trash.
0: Yeah, the fact that it's taken them this long to do that and they haven't even done it yet is pretty remarkable. I know Triple H is pretty adamant about making it work, but it just doesn't work. Pull a 24-7 title, throw them in the trash. Bring in a new mid-card belt for the women. I know Ring of Honor just did that. Um, you know, AEW has a lot of women's titles at this point, And they have a lot of women, so it is what it is. But WWE does as well. So I'd rather them do that. Because they're not even defending them in NXT at this point, so what's even the point? Um, at least they got rid of the NXT women's tag team titles. I applaud that. I mean, that was long overdue. Those shit, that shit was pointless a long time ago. But the women's tag titles on the main roster should be next. Uh, the women's division, I would like to see improve in the new year. What you said about tag teams, I want to see that with the women. They have a lot of great women, dude. A lot of great women. But, like, the Bianca damage control shit, gotta fucking end. Like, they lost Charlotte, but you also just signed Jade. You might be signing Julia. Sasha could be on her way back. Those are three big pickups for them in 2024 that they could build around on both shows. is a fucking star, but beyond her, the well runs dry. They have Becky Lynch, she's established, but... Beyond her, Nia Jax being back, okay, she plays her role well. But Nia, I mean Shana, not over. Zoe, not over. Tegan, Indy, Candace, Zaya, Raquel. not not over. Raquel, not over. A lot of great women. They need to get them over. That that should be another big priority for them in 2024. Nikki Cross. I mean the list goes on and on. SmackDown <laughs> kind of the same thing. Uh, Zelina. Yeah, I
1: feel like SmackDown. I mean I feel like damage control is over. Like I said, also Bianca. Uh, obviously Charlotte's out now too. But at least there's multiple women. I feel like you could. Say Raw is literally just Rhea and Becky and all these other women that just aren't over.
0: I agree with that. I think on SmackDown, they need to do a better job of creating more stories beyond the damage control stuff. The damage control stuff has improved a lot. We were shitting on them and writing them off and preparing their coffins a year ago. Even earlier this year, because the group sucked. Uh, They've really turned it around, though. And where they're going with Bailey and Io, I like a lot. But, like, Shotzi, Meechan... Vega, Bianca... They yeah, kids. but
1: Vega's over, though. I'll give them that. At least Vega's over. No, I know, I know that. If you turn another one come and uh, Shanti come out, you can hear a fucking pin drop. At least, me, at least Zelina's over.
0: No, no, she is over. I'm not saying she's not over. I'm saying that it's just... It's damage control and then the baby faces and that's it. Like, they need to create... They need to do what they did with Judgment Day. Blow that shit off, which they attempted to do at Survivor Series and it didn't work with the women... But with Judgment Day, Judgment Day lost against all those baby faces. And then they all moved in different directions. They all did different stuff. Cody's feeding with Nakamura. Jey Uso's doing something else. Owens and Zane doing other shit. Like, why can't you do that with the women on SmackDown? They're still doing the same fucking matches. There's no like, one
1: else over, that's why. And they need
0: to work on that. That's my point. So. <laughs> <laughs> Bring in Sasha, I have a I don't do- really
1: know how you get there. I feel like with the women, it's a little bit tougher. I feel like you're over or you're not. I, I mean, it takes a little bit, a little fluff and buff, I guess. Like I said, because Damage Control specifically, like, they were trash this year. They lost their WrestleMania. They kind of just were, like, floating there. And then eventually, I feel like they got over. Once EO won the money in the bank and won the belt, I feel like it kind of helped because the story kind of changed with them. Yeah. Before, they were just kind of a team of losers. Then finally, EO won, and then... We've kind of got like a little bit more movement on that, but yeah. I just feel like with the women specifically, it's hard. I feel like for women, I don't know if it's just just the way the fans are. I just feel like they need to win like something to get popularity, if that's the right word. Like yeah. I feel like they're not over until they like. I can't think of a woman that just like randomly got over. Like I said maybe Zelina, but she also just had a huge match in Puerto. That was more of a Puerto Rico thing. Like at the states, they weren't fucking going crazy for her um she's like got a good reaction the belt and, and everyone fucking loved Liv morgan um yeah i mean i know no, yeah, i get it i mean i think Liv, i mean Liv should be back soon too and i feel like that'll help yeah she's like over to a point i mean she's more over than any of those other women on ross sure so start um but yeah like i said i think this year they definitely have to work on that because Raw specifically it's just a becky Rhea, and a bunch of women who just aren't over
0: yeah, they have the exact opposite with the men's division on top. They have an embarrassment of riches with the depth of the division on, on Raw and SmackDown. The only thing they need to work on with the men, get that fucking belt off of Roman. We need to move on here. Like, I don't want to see him break this record, that record. He ain't breaking Bruno's record, so we need to move on. We have people that are ready for a run that it's hurting them. LA Knight should be champion this coming. And we'll talk about predictions next week, your your favorite question. We'll save that for next week. And I already talked about it on the hashtag earlier today. That'll be up soon. Um, but... You know, I want to see maybe Sammy as a champion in the new year. Drew, I've, ma- I've made the case, could be a world champion. I don't know if he will beat Seth, probably not. But you could do that. Sammy, Knight, um, you know, a-, a Cody, obviously. And you can maybe make a case for another person. I-, I think the long runs have been great. And Triple H is really high on long runs. Not everyone needs to be champion for a year. So, like, EO being champion through Mania from SummerSlam to Mania and losing it to Bayley, I think is great. I think there's nothing wrong with that, you know? So, it depends on who it is and what's going on. But, uh, yeah, just some things I want to see in the new year after coming off of what I thought was an overall great year for WWE.
1: No, yeah, I completely agree.
0: Looking forward to the new year. We'll talk about it next week here on the show on the first episode of 2024. Until then, uh, well, first and foremost, thanks to everyone who voted in the 2023 year in review awards WWE AEW covered. I appreciate all the support. 11th annual. Already looking forward to the 12th annual next December for our final show of 2024, which is... I'm sure going to be right around the corner. But until then, new episodes every single Thursday, WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Pandora, Amazon Music. Check them all out. Rate the show. Review the show. Subscribe to the show. Never miss a new episode every single Thursday. Have a happy new year, Mr. Marcel. Catch your ass right back here in next week.
1: Join Graham, GSM Matthews, and R.J. Marcel every Thursday as they run down their weekly wrestling rants, offer expert analysis, host exclusive interviews, and more. Subscribe today on all your favorite podcast platforms and never miss an episode of Wrestle Rant Radio.